Hello, this is Robert Wagner, and you are listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential. Radio talk show about television. Penny Pizer will join us in our second hour. Penny Pizer, star of Crazy Like a Fox, Tony Randall Show, Rich Man, Poor Man, Book Two, All the President's Men, and many other movies and TV series. Penny is also an accomplished filmmaker, including a critically acclaimed documentary on the life and career of jazz trumpet player extraordinaire Jack Sheldon. Penny Pizer will join us in our second hour. Hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we are very much looking forward to talking to our next guest, Mr. Gary Gerani. Many, many, many years ago, before I had any thoughts about writing about television or leaving any sort of mark in the entertainment industry, I came across a book that Gary wrote called Fantastic Television, a pictorial history of sci-fi, the unusual, and the fantastic, which I later found out was not only among the very first genre books on television, but one of the very, very first books about television, period. Fantastic television not only introduced me to shows that I was either too young to watch or not around to watch when they first aired, such as The Invaders, The Prisoner, and Boris Karloff's Thriller, but in many respects formed my interest in learning more about television and the great shows of our past. So as far as I'm concerned, Gary, if fantastic television was the only accomplishment you ever did in your career, you know, that, that would be enough for me. But Gary has, <laughs> Gary has, however, left his mark in many, many, many other areas in the world of sci-fi and television, including the screenwriter of the original Pumpkinhead movie, the writer of Vampirella, directed by Roger Corman, and the author of several other books, including Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, the original Topps trading card series. Gary is currently editing a documentary about the life and the career of the late great composer Billy Goldenberg. We'll ask him about that in just a second. Gary also recently provided commentary for the brand new 50th anniversary Blu-ray release of Fear No Evil and Ritual of Evil, two movies that I first learned about as a result of fantastic television. See, it's all very circular, Gary. <laughs> Absolutely. Welcome to our program. Uh, it's, a, it's a real pleasure to be here. I've always enjoyed your show, and uh, yeah, this is great. Let's let's talk about all this cool stuff. Fear No Evil and Ritual of Evil, I understand, were not only two of the first uh, made-for-TV movies to explore the supernatural, but they were also two of the very first movies that helped put the made-for-TV movie form on the map, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, there had been all kinds of weird made-for-TV movies ever since, you know, in the 50s. I mean, there uh, actually there was a 1957 uh, movie called The Pied Piper with Van Johnson, which was made for TV in Technicolor. So, it, you know, the, that kind of, the form has been around. But it really, it wasn't until the 60s that it really took off officially with made-for-TV. And Universal pretty much created the genre. But it took most of the 60s leading into the 70s uh, before it kind of exploded with the movie of the week on ABC. Uh, Universal had been producing two-hour, what they call world premiere movies. And uh, they included some, they were really very, very well done. They had fairly big budgets uh, uh, and decent uh, shooting schedules. And they were very, very successful, very, very popular. Fear No Evil came in uh, 1969. 
Uh, I would say the form actually Universal started around 64, uh, and then there were just kind of a few of them here and there. Uh, Fame is the name of the game in 1966, uh, really made a tremendous impression, and that launched the name of the game series, which was kind of like a series of 90-minute, almost like, you know, made-for-TV movies. Mm-hmm. So Fear No Evil came in uh, in 69, which is pretty much early on. It was, uh, for all intents and purposes, the first made-for-TV horror movie of that generation. There have been other weird things that sort of came before, but really, that's sort of considered the first. And it was a very ambitious project. Universal had been trying to uh, do a, uh, a television, uh, a cult detective, okay? Uh, we're familiar with Sherlock Holmes and the traditional detectives, but uh, there's this whole genre of these sleuths who investigate demons and witches and that kind of thing, which really hadn't been explored that much. We all know Dr. Van Helsing. Uh, but beyond that, well, these kinds of characters really weren't that well known. So Universal first started this in 65 with a pilot which was essentially produced by Hitchcock's TV unit. Uh, and it wound up being released theatrically as a movie called Dark Intruder when it didn't sell as a series. And that series, which was going to be called Black Cloak, actually cast Leslie Nielsen uh, before he became a comedian uh, as a demon hunter. And actually, the way that character was conceived, there is that he's kind of like a almost Bruce Wayne. He's this kind of, you know, (laughs) playboy by day and sleuth by night going after demons and and that kind of thing. Uh, And Leslie uh, Leslie Nielsen brought his usual humor to it, even though this was before he went full blast into that kind of thing. Uh, As the playboy, he's very, very uh, amusing. And that is going to be coming out soon uh, from Kino Lorber as well. Fear No Evil and Ritual of Evil is a release right now uh, during the Halloween season. And uh, But Universal's first attempt at this was this thing called Dark Intruder. Well, when that didn't sell, a couple of years went by, and then they tried Fear No Evil, uh, which was Louis Jordan, uh, the very sophisticated actor who was ideal as this psychiatrist who begins to realize that many of his patients, <laughs> what they're complaining about are, <laughs> are supernatural events, yeah. not necessarily. But it was a great combination yeah. because they, they, they drew the parallel between the demons of the mind and the external demons. So it was really a very interesting thing to make this protagonist a psychiatrist, uh, even though he's essentially a ghost hunter, a demon hunter. Mm-hmm. But by exploring the human mind, that kind of connects to these inner demons. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful, a very ambitious film from Universal. And it was the very first feature film, made for TV feature film, that composer Billy Goldenberg, who was then known as William Goldenberg, uh, had composed. And he had basically been pretty much a guy from the Broadway world. I mean, he came from New York. Uh, he you know, went to California, Stanley Wilson at Universal kind of took him under his wing gave him different things to do. He had done different little TV show things here and there. He wrote the theme for Fred Astaire and uh, it, it takes a theme TV series or Robert Wagner. Uh, but this was his first feature length assignment. And he delivered a score that was just mesmerizing, you know, just as unusual and interesting as the movie itself. So that was the origin point of theater. It was shown on NBC in 1969, got great ratings, but they didn't go to series. They ordered a second pilot. 
there was some issue with demonology on a weekly basis and worshiping the devil on a week. You know, eventually this became standard for TV movies, which yeah. had you know, witches and demons and vampires and mummies and just about every kind of, you know, creature you could imagine. But in 69, uh, this was very early on. Uh, Fear No Evil had pretty much been inspired by the success, the success of Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. Universal and NBC said, let's do a weekly series that kind of captures that flavor. So it was way more sophisticated than the monster movies, movie of the weeks that would be, be coming. The other thing that was happening at that same time, Universal was also producing the Night Gallery two-hour pilot, mm-hmm. which wound up being Steven Spielberg's directorial debut in a you know professional film. Uh, and that was also scored by Billy Goldenberg, which he did pretty much right after Fear No Evil. And that did wind up getting greenlighted as a series. First it went to four and one, which was like a rotating series, mm-hmm. and then it went to a regular series. Whereas Fear No Evil begat Ritual of Evil, a sequel, but then they that was kind of it, and Jordan said enough is enough. Although the weird thing with Fear No Evil and Ritual of Evil in that in an odd way, it kind of reemerged in mutated form on a different network uh, as the Sixth Sense. Yes, with Gary Collins. With, with, yeah, with Gary Collins uh, pretty much doing his version of what Louis Jordan had been doing. I mean, the personalities of the characters were pretty much the same. They were very suave, uh, handsome men who approached the supernatural and the world of the unknown with a good deal of respect and reverence. Uh, the complete opposite of Carl Kolchak. Yes. <laughs> you know, they're the anti Kolchak. Yes, because they're these tall, handsome, very reserved, very, very smart guys, and they don't blunder into things. They carefully look at stuff. Uh, I think it's kind of funny that the supernatural sleuth that ultimately made it on TV that everyone remembers uh, is the Carl Kolchak kind of funny version of, of that character. Gary Girani uh, provides a commentary for the Fear No Evil Ritual of Evil Blu-ray double feature available now through Kino Lorber. You can find it at Amazon.com wherever Blu-rays are sold. Fear No Evil Ritual of Evil, both of which starred Louis Jordan as a ghost hunting psychiatrist who investigates supernatural happenings that bedevil his patients. Guest stars include Linda Day, George Bradford, Dillman, Carol O'Connor, and Baxter. Fear No Evil, Ritual of Evil, Blu-ray double feature available through Kino Lorber. We'll be right back. We are the real Brady Brady Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg, and uh, who were you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of The Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why the Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are the real Brady Bros. Now, when was the last time you'd seen the movies uh, prior to doing your commentary for the Blu-ray release? Well, it was interesting because uh, I had already begun my documentary about Billy Goldenberg for, for a few years, and I'm working with Universal on that project. So for many, many years, Fear No Evil hadn't been seen in its native 35 millimeter form since 1970, when it was rerun on the NBC network on you know the season that it was on. And right after that, it went into uh, syndication, 16 millimeter prints for TV syndication. That's usually what 
the deal would be for all those years. So the film hadn't been in its native 35 millimeter form in ages, and there was some concern that the um, original negative materials didn't even exist. So I said, listen, guys, if I do this documentary, I want to run clips from Fear and Weaver. I want to have beautiful 35 millimeter clips. I don't want these 60 millimeter junky things. And so they dug deep, 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 and they did find the 35 millimeter element. So I said, oh, thank goodness. Now, I hadn't seen it in 35, actually, until Kino sent me a link for me to do my commentary. Uh, what Universal had given me in between when I was doing the documentary was a 16 millimeter sped up PAL version for Europe, which is what they just use for reference. Yeah. And until someone was going to go back to reinvest in this thing and put money into restoring the 35 millimeter, that was all we had. But thank goodness I had approached Kino and I said, listen, guys, these are great TV movies and uh, they really should be done. I'm doing this documentary on Billy and whatever. Uh, so once they got involved, they threw some money in and uh, I had actually invested a couple thousand dollars of my own money in Ritual of Evil in restoring that because the IP was in bad shape and it needed that work a few years ago. But the final version that's re released here in this Kino uh, Blu-ray uh, is even better. I mean, they've worked on it even more. Both films look stupendous. And I really do recommend them because they are significant examples of fantastic television. Uh, they're really well done by people who really knew what they were doing. And uh, they're mostly forgotten now, but they are really significant. And these versions that Kino have released are gorgeous. So you'll have a great time with them and highly recommend. Fear No Evil, Ritual of Evil, Blu-ray double feature available now uh, from Kino Lorber. You can find it at Amazon.com, wherever Blu-rays are sold, this being Halloween weekend. This is particular uh, edition of, of the program premieres. Perfect viewing for Halloween weekend, although since we're all kind of holed up these days, it sounds like it's perfect viewing anytime, you know, over, anytime. <laughs> over the next I, I couple say, of months. Do it, do it at night, yes. you know. Yes, yes, you know, yes. Uh, and crank up the soundtrack because Billy's music is just so incredible. Yes, both Fear No Evil and Ritual of Evil include original scores by Billy Goldenberg. Billy Goldenberg, the brilliant composer whom we lost earlier this year. Uh, Gary Girani, our guest this segment, is working on a documentary about the life and career of Billy Goldenberg, I understand that uh, before you started working on this documentary, you knew Billy for many, many years. When did you first cross paths? Well, uh, my God, this is, uh, it's been decades and decades now, uh, but I pursued Billy for the most personal of reasons, which was I was in love with his music. <laughs> and most of the music that he had done uh, had been for wonderful made-for-TV movies and TV miniseries and things like that, which most of which had not been available or released. So there was no way I could really enjoy this man's music. And I figured, well, maybe if I find the man, uh, he'll have copies of his music. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very, very, I, I, you know, I, I, it, was a, it, was, it was the purest reason for me to connect with him. It's just that I was in love with the music. Well, sure enough, eventually, after a weird, you know, thing of, searching here, searching there, whatever, I did manage to locate him. He lived in Manhattan, uh, right in the middle of the Broadway era, which made sense because that was the world that he came from. And we became friends, and 
he was just so tickled, like how crazy uh, I was over his music. And then he took me to his vault. He had a vault in Manhattan. Uh, that was like oh, Nirvana, because <laughs> he opens the door and I see all these audio tapes for all his TV movies. And I'm going, oh my God. He also had a ton of old computers and things in there. And in order to get to his tapes, I sometimes had a, at one point I had a rock this tower of stacked computers <laughs> and they're falling down. I had to catch them in order to make room to get to his tapes. And Billy's going, you're going to kill yourself. I, said, I got to get to the music. I gotta... <laughs> so he knew I was completely obsessed. It sounds like he uh, had a, it sounds like he had like a Joe Franklin type of office. Yes, no, no, it, it was, I mean, and I'm, I'm like, Oh my yeah. God, the mother load. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, you know, Billy, uh, uh, was the greatest guy in the world. And everybody who knew Billy loved him. He's just, just a terrific fellow. And, uh, you know, I'm going through all this stuff, and we're talking about it, and and it, it's funny. He's I remembered a lot of his music even more than he did. So what was the so what was the theme to uh, Banachek as opposed to the theme to Harry O? I'm humming them for him, right, right. But again, a brilliant composer, uh, a terrific person, and uh, so that was how we connected. And then as we became friends, we started talking about maybe working on on stuff together. And uh, at one point, I came up with an idea uh, to do this one when Disney was doing their animated feature length animated uh, uh, movies based on classical characters and stuff like that. So I said, why don't we try to do the Golem, which is the classic tale. It's actually the original Frankenstein story, you know, about this rabbi who creates this being to protect his people, but ultimately it becomes a menace to everyone. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a family story mm -hmm. because it's the rabbi, his family, and I decided, let me go that route. You know, it's so going to go for a Disney thing. And a very Spielbergian flavor, the little boy who bonds with this creature who's kind of like his brother, right? You know, and, he's, and the creature is constantly evolving. Anyway, I guess it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm Mr. Demon here. Uh, and, and again, the golem was kind of a demon. The rabbi has to, in a sense, make a deal with Asmodeus or whatever, the, the devil, for this temporary being to serve as a protector. And the whole thing with the golem is, after he's achieved his goal, why you brought him in, the, the, the good reason you've brought him in for justice or whatever, he has to be destroyed immediately, or he will then become a monster and a danger to everyone. And the rabbi, in my take on it, breaks his heart. This is like his child, in a sense, his new child, and they, he saved his people. How can he kill this thing, you know? Uh, but again, there's where your problem comes from, because this thing is destined. It's the old, you can't play God, yeah. you know? That was always what was underneath it, uh, even for a good, a good purpose. Anyway, Billy loved this material, and, and we played with some stuff. We even worked over at uh, B. Author's house, uh, when he was doing the tour with her, mm -hmm. and we were over there, you know, and also B. Author comes here, and I'm going, oh, I be, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what the heck, you know, you, you start working in the world with these people. Yeah, and, she, and she, she loved them, I understand. Yeah. She they, loved working they, with they them. Were, they were great, and, I, I, you know, again, because I've interviewed so many people who work with Billy, yeah. and they, they, they all, they all loved him. Dean Hargrove, who was the ultimate tv producer yes 
Dean is the guy, right? Yeah. And uh, he loved Billy, and Billy loved him. And I could I could see this as I'm interviewing him, and it was just such an amazing thing. And Dean, uh, at one point, was so intrigued by the interviews and all the stuff about Billy that I was hitting with as we were, we were doing all this, that uh, he said, you know, Gary, I'm going to get in touch with Billy. I've got, I got an idea for something. And I found out later, uh, he'd been so inspired by all this we were doing that he asked Billy to work with him on a new version of Columbo. They were going to do a new version of Ransom for a Dead Man which was the two-hour wow. second pilot, actually the first real pilot, Prescription Murder was a TV movie, mm-hmm. it wasn't intended to be a pilot, but um, uh, Ransom for a Dead Man, at that point, Peter Falk was ready right. to do an ongoing Columbo series, and that was the one that Billy scored, that's what sold Columbo mm-hmm. as a regular series, and uh, they were, uh, Billy came out here and worked with Dean uh, to do this new music, like for the stage, or kind of maybe a musical oh, wow. or something, that wow. point, uh, and they had Al Pacino in mind to play Columbo. And Dean Hargrove, again, is to say, Gary, this is all because of you. You know, you're the one who brought us together again, reminded us about how much we loved working together, which made me feel great, right? Well, unfortunately, bottom line is, even before Billy passed and all that, yeah. the, the Columbo project, they couldn't quite... Billy was out of here for a week yeah. or two working with Dean, and they didn't quite crack it. So that kind of... It kind of went the way of the golem. That's what happens with creative projects very often. It happens. Gary Gerani is with us via Zoom. Gary Gerani, sci-fi screenwriter and movie and TV historian. Gary is currently working on a documentary about composer Billy Goldenberg. We'll talk some more about Billy's career when we continue our conversation with Gary Gerani here on TV Confidential. Attention, this important consumer alert is brought to you by the Structured Settlement Cash Hotline. Did you know it's possible to receive upfront money in one large payment from your Structured Settlement? Yes, you can. If you're receiving a Structured Settlement spread out over time and you want to access your money today, call us. It's your future cash. Why not put it in your hands today? Don't wait any longer. This is the best solution if you need money to pay your bills or even help a family member who's been affected during this global time of crisis. Everyone needs a little money right now, and our hotline is here for you. If you have a structured settlement where you're getting money spread out over time and you want it faster, call now. This simple 10-minute call can get your money now. The call is free and it costs you nothing. 800-965-7987. 800-965-7987. 800-965-7987. That's 800-965-7987. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 
That's 800-917-2194. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.